0: Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we take a look inside Juice Johnson's wide receivers room, and we also roll out a three day multi level experience. The CNC Electric Factory preseason notables. Next on Locked On Texas Tech.
1: You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Right.
0: Rush Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by Bird Dogs. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter the promo code locked on college for a free hat with any purchase. And it's a slicking. You don't want to take your bird dogs off when you get them. We promise you. So head on over to birddogs.com. Slash locked on college and slicking is an industry term, the first one used probably today, first of many. With the only Chris level, I'm Casey Cowan, and Chris, it's great to be back with you once again today. And man, we are getting closer and closer to football season, and that means our bucket is getting fuller and fuller and fuller. So, a busy show here today. Some things to get to on a local front as we will discuss Texas Tech pass catchers and hear from wide receivers coach Juice Johnson. One of the most interesting. Staff editions of the offseason for some different reasons, but a guy that also is presiding over one of the more interesting positional groups this offseason, trying to get this group of guys to take the next step. We'll get to some of them Bradley Price and more. Also, want to get to a wild idea involving ball games outside of conference that feature conference opponents. And could it be in Texas Tech's future, possibly? And then Chris and I have got some preseason notables. We're kicking at you. We're going to do this for the remainder of the week, talking freshmen, talking sleepers, talking breakout stars. So we'll get to that before we are done. But Chris, first, let's begin with the aforementioned Juice Johnson and his room of wide receivers.
1: I think, you know, there's a lot of guys (laughs) that are anxious to make plays out there. And I think uh, that we have some depth. And so um, we're never, with what Coach Kidley does, we're never going to, you know, kind of let a team, you know, take a guy away from us. We got enough built in the system to where, you know, we can we can do some things. And so, um, I expect JB um, to be able to go out, and he's prepared himself to be able to go out and. Have a year he's prepared himself to have as, as well as the rest of the guys. And so if, um, you know, teams want to do that and try to take him away, we have full confidence in our other guys that they're going to make plays as well. So JB knows like there's no pressure on him to have to carry everything. We got full confidence in, in guys that, that, uh, that can make plays.
0: Chris wants the home of the Afros America's finest receivers on Saturday been a little while since you've had a group that resembled some of those. You've had some high points, guys like Eric Izakanma and uh, others come along, but I'm curious what kind of step they can take this off season and how you're viewing this room that I think was close, but kind of no cigar as a room last year, just not maybe consistent enough. I know they were hampered by some injury and we got some of that to talk about heading into this year already, but uh, a really interesting off season for these guys and, uh, what a luxury it'd be to really see them take a big step in the right direction this year.
2: Yeah, you know, you think about Easy, you think about, EZ, you think about uh, Kiki Kuti, you know. I mean, there's been some guys that have uh, been NFL-type guys that have, have snuck through here in, in years where you weren't as good as you wanted to be. But th- this is a – it is. It's a weird group in that it, it's, it's deep. It, it is talented. I just don't know if there's a um, – if there's an alpha in there, if there, if there is a, a Kiki or a, or an easy or, or one of these types of guys, and maybe Gerrond is, maybe Loic is uh, maybe Dre McCray is maybe miles is uh, I, I I don't know. I think, I think Koi you know, what was gonna, you know, really be a factor here. And, you know, you hear juice Johnson, coach Johnson talking about JB I would offer up that maybe there's two JBs now, so you're going to have to go, which one? Because Jordan <laughs> Brown has been really, really good in camp. And when I say really good, I mean, I, I can't he, – he's been one of the stories of camp, uh, period. And, and I think his emergence, his speed. But Jerron is the one that is the – he's the guy that, is, that checks all the measurable boxes. He's the one that is first-team All-Big 12, but his numbers, if we're, if, you know, if we're being honest here, his numbers were semi-modest. Uh, you know, fifty-one catches, uh, just under, you know, eight hundred yards receiving, seven touchdowns. Again, I, I think a good year, uh, but but it's not a year to where you go. It, it's not like a Xavier Worthy type of year or what Quentin Johnston uh, put up, yes. uh, g- game breaker type stuff uh, to where. Because I think what Juice is talking about there is, is is interesting. In some ways, you like it because there is depth everywhere, and you, you like the fact that they can't key on one guy. However, I, I just remember how life was like around here when you did have a guy, and they did try to key on him, and he was so good that it didn't matter, and then it opened up things for everybody else. So I kind of wish that. I kind of wish that you did have somebody that was good enough where everybody was like, you know, hey, this corner, this safety over here, their responsibility is is Michael Crabtree, you know, and everybody else, <laughs> y'all worry about everybody else, you know. Um, so because that's how some of those coverages, they just roll the safety over the top and they still couldn't stop a lot of it. But uh, but I, so there's some good and bad there, I think, sure. uh, to, to, to point out.
0: Well, and I think you, you think about the individual, the feature guy, like a crab tree, and then what that does for others. And then you think about some of those other years where I guess we were just really spoiled, if you're talking, you know, Philani Johnson, Hicks at the same time. And that cast of characters kind of evolved over time, but there were a few years where there was like a duo or a trio, you know, Darren Moore era, Eric Ward era. And we haven't we hadn't had that in quite some time. I mean, with all due respect to the guys that have been out there Uh, bringing them in and and taking them to the house, I haven't felt the Afro's spirit in quite some time. It used to just kind of be like the standard, Chris. And I'd say I even almost got a little jaded as a fan because it was like, man, if we can't recruit any other player, we will have a good wide receiver. I know that. I don't know if it'll win us a game, but there's going to be some good wide receivers out there. And I don't want to say that's like gone away, but you're trying to get back to meeting that standard. There's no question about that. As a group and again, some of that impacted by injury and things out of your control Uh, others impacting that uh, as far as a need of really just being more consistent and and kind of taking that next step. So you could have it either either way. And by the way, in the era of uh, a very modest to sometimes bad offensive line, which has been for the most part, the last decades experience that's having an effect on everybody. Right? So I don't want to act like, boy, you just had some bum wide receivers out there that hadn't been the case. There've been plenty of years where, The offense has not clicked on all cylinders or, again, consistently been clicking on all cylinders. I'm glad you already mentioned the name Miles Price, however, because I think it is a tell in some ways that he's not one of the first names we mentioned as far as who is the leader. Who's the guy that others look to? Because this is a household name by now for a Texas Tech football fan, I think. He's a gray-haired Red Raider as far as young gray-haired Red Raiders can go, I guess. Um, And he's a guy that's very, very vocal, Chris. So it's almost like obvious, hey, you should be in those shoes. Of course, sometimes when you're not on the field, hampered by injury, it's hard to fill that kind of role if you're not in the fire. Now, he was impactful whenever he was on the field, but I know it had to be a very frustrating season for him last year and hoping for some more consistency this season. But I want to go back and take a listen to Juice Johnson talking about Miles Price because there are also some things – He's asking him to do as far as the little things to help him take that next step as a player.
1: I wanted him to improve on just details, just general details in the blocking game. Where are my hands? Where are my eyes? Falling in love with the process of being a great practice player, right? And so we talk about practice reps becoming game reality. All right, and so him just falling in love with the process as far as route running. Where is my foot here in this route? Where are my hands and eyes on this blocking scheme? Where do I need to be versus this coverage? And so just overall, just um, you know, football IQ and then attention to detail with the things that we're doing, and he's done a great job with that.
0: Chris, I'm a Miles Price fan, but to quote the King, <laughs> it's now or never. Right? <laughs> the time has arrived. If you're going to take that next step, uh, at least in a tech uniform.
2: To quote the King, was it was, was it peanut butter? Uh, was he was he a peanut butter banana sandwich
0: guy? Is that right? I think that's right. Maybe yeah, a couple yes. of barbiturates thrown in the middle. Put it on time of day. Something like that. Those three AM karate, kung yeah. fu with the boys.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Miles My- is. Uh, he- it feels like he's been around here a, a while, and it's because he has. Uh, I think that last year was was he played in eleven games. I think, but much of it was he was hampered. Uh, he-, he he couldn't he couldn't be him because of his uh, that ankle issue, and so some of the games he was playing, he was just trying to you know gut it out, and and if you take away his you know the joystick part of what he does it, it, he's not really the, the the same guy and i think what what juice is trying to by the way i, I think that the addition of coach johnson here's been awesome i think he fit in perfect uh with the staff really the only really staff addition uh on either side of the ball and it, it and you'd think he'd been here since uh, joey stepped on campus and i think these kids are And it's funny because I think what people will tell you about Juice is exactly what he's talking about, about Miles. What people have said about Coach Johnson and and how he's coached the receivers is that he's come in here and he's made them a lot more detail-oriented. And he's made them a lot more focused on things like blocking and holding them accountable. They are better at those aspects of their game. And when you sit here and listen to him talk about Miles – it's it's everything except for catching the football and making plays. It's yeah. all the it's all the things understanding where your hand placement is, blocking, um, you know, getting in and out of your breaks. I mean, all, all the all the just the, the little minutia that comes with playing that position. Uh, and I think he's trying to sharpen those skills a bit because it it, it will ultimately make him better. So uh, I, I think it's it's funny because he talks about miles in that way, but I think he's really been very focused on that way in the group and every. Every one of those receivers has got something different about them that they're needing to be better with. And I think Juice has really honed in on some of that. But with Miles, man, I think he's just trying to
0: make him more of a polished receiver. Well, and you know what I'm thinking about, again, to bring it back around full circle when you talk about great blocking, America's finest receivers on Saturday. I mean, the Mike Leach era, they, they took great pride uh, in doing that. Not to say some of those guys that came after Coach Leach didn't, but that was – that was a real thing. They were a physical, physical bunch of pass catchers and again took great pride in it. And uh, it was of extreme benefit to their offense. So uh, hopefully that's a box that gets checked heading into 2023. Okay, we're going to circle back to Red Raider football before we are out of here. We've got some preseason notables to get to and we'll be doing it with you the rest of the week. Freshman, sleeper, and breakout star. Uh, we're going to start with the freshman today. That's coming up in just a bit. But first, want to get to this wild idea in the Big 12 Conference, and possibly something that Texas Tech could see at their doorstep before too long. You got a non-conference game scheduled with a future conference member? You getting rid of it? Not so fast. We'll tell you what this is all about up ahead on Locked On Texas Tech. First, today's episode brought to you by Bird Dogs. They're making you look good, feel great with their stretch shorts, fitting slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you that sculpted look like you'd never had before. If only Ralphie May were here to see this. RIP, sweet prince. Way more flexible than that stiff, restricting stuff you're used to, thanks to their cloud knit fabric, always made with organic, range free clouds. Ah, it's going to stretch to give you movement without sacrificing that slimmer fit. And don't forget about that anti stink, sweat wicking fabric. Your significant other won't because it's keeping you dry, smelling good. All day long, any occasion. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter the promo code locked on college right now. And you're getting a free hat with every order. That's at birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter the promo code locked on college for that free hat. And right now, get into something you don't want to ever take off. Guaranteed with Bird. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball
2: Podcast.
0: Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you got this podcast so you never miss an episode. We'll be back to Red Raider football coming up in just a moment. See and see, everybody, preseason notables coming up in just a bit. As I mentioned, we'll do it the rest of the week. So we'd love for you to chime in on the YouTube comments. We're looking for a freshman you expect to make an impact. We're looking for... A sleeper maybe being overlooked, but we've seen before in red and black, and we're looking for a breakout star. We're going to get to this today, tomorrow, and Friday, starting with that freshman coming up here momentarily. But first, I wanted to get to this story here, Chris. Didn't want it to slip through the cracks because it's kind of interesting, and we may see some more of this play out. I'm wondering if it could, at some point, impact Texas Tech. But right now, the conversation is happening surrounding Kansas State, And a non-conference series with now future conference partner, Arizona. Uh, K-State, Arizona had a 2024-2025 agreement. And obviously, well, that is at the doorstep. And so are the Wildcats as far as entry into the Big 12 conference. Uh, Kansas State Athletics Director Gene Taylor this week said, quote, because that Arizona one is so close, we're going to see if we can keep that as a potential non-conference game. We at least want to be part of the conversation because it is so soon. They at least want that option to be part of the conversation because it is so soon. Chris, we've seen this before. I think there uh, there were some ACC examples of this, uh, possibly a Big Ten example of this I saw as well. Um, So it's not a totally foreign thought. I don't know that I've ever seen it happen to my team or or somebody else in the Big 12 conference, but I really don't hate the idea. I guess it's mostly rooted in Entertainment value. This is a power five matchup that you would keep in addition to more inside the conference. So I'm going to have to vote in favor of that, I guess, uh, at the end of the day, every time, even though it is sort of a little awkward.
2: Yeah. You, you know, th- this is going to be a little more common than I think people start to realize. I think that this is going to be something that happens uh, a bit in basketball, maybe on a regular basis. Uh, you know where you play. You play teams in your league, but it doesn't count against the standings. Uh, I, I think that uh, there, there's potential bowl game scenarios even uh, in in play down the road where you end up playing a conference team uh, because these conferences are so massive now. I think it it, it just changes the, the you know the dynamic, and I think that in some ways. Hey man, we we want to get a we want to get a game with a, a Pac-12 you know school in the non-conference. Well, guess what, guys? The Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> and so, you know, like because you're, you know, when you had your setup with Oregon, uh, I think uh, you know Oregon. I guess well next year Oregon will be in the Big Ten. So your game uh, up at Alfred Stadium will be a big Big Twelve Big Ten matchup. Uh, you know, I think the years after that, you've got a home and home with Oregon State set up. Don't know what league they're going to be in. So, But th- th- some of these non-conference schedules were set up years in advance. I think this is the case with Arizona and, and, and Kansas State. So what they'll do is they'll just ensure that that's not a regular season game in those two years. They'll keep them out of their rotation and, and, and then just a- allow them to play it. Now, you start adding a bunch of ingredients into the scheduling formula, and it could be a bit tricky. It can, it can be a bit cumbersome for somebody sitting there with a spreadsheet going, okay now these guys can't play each other because they're doing okay, well we gotta this whole thing uh, won't work we gotta you know s- you know submit it back into the computer and see what it spits out. So you don't want too much of these kinds of things, but I do think that in on a regular basis this is uh, this is gonna be I think more normal than people realize and I, I'm okay with it. I mean, you, you, you telling me you wouldn't want to play, you know, any of these schools in basketball and just be like, hey, man, you weren't going to get them in the regular season uh, or, or or in the football non-conference, you know, I, I don't I don't care. I think it's great. Uh, so it's just because it's it's a power five matchup, which is what we want. Yep. Uh, let's not look for reasons to try to hamper that, because like prime example, I, I think it was. It, it it bothers me a great deal that Oklahoma's schedule is so soft this year, so soft. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be. They were supposed to play Georgia. They were supposed to play the King of the Castle in the non-conference. We'd be talking about that game in a couple of three weeks, but the SEC was like, "Now save it. We're not. We're not doing that." And so there was this home and home that was taken off the books. And and I don't I don't necessarily know why I know I know that they weren't conference mates yet, but they were going to be the following year. But I just I, I'm for more of this kind of stuff, not less.
0: Yeah, and I I hope it would not be at the expense of like some other Power Five slot. Although my inclination would be that it would, but if this could uh, say I don't know give the boot to like a Tarleton State game, <laughs> then yeah, sign me up all day long and. Look, time is ticking, boys, on what you're going to do with this Texas Tech-Arizona 2034 game. So you better get to making plans because it'll be here before you know it. I bet that one might get wiped out. Texas Tech does not have any non-conference games scheduled like K-State with future conference members as it stands at this time. Chris mentioned, obviously, Oregon, uh, I'm sorry, Oregon State uh, coming up just around the corner. You've also got some Power 5 matchups with Mississippi State, NC State, Arkansas back around in 2030, 2031 so i don't know if it'll impact the red raiders but i am for it if this is something that keeps a quality or power five game on your schedule let us know how you feel in the youtube comments agree or disagree i just wonder if people will still be uh you know watching
2: locked on texas tech in those years you think will be uh you know still young enough and spry enough to
0: keep kicking out uh show after show every day well, it won't matter because it'll be AI generated. It won't be oh. us. It'll be an AI representation of what we would man,
2: say. Man, I've seen some of that stuff out there yeah. with them trying to do some sports writing stuff with high
0: schools and stuff. it's bad, man. Ooh, it's bad. Lockdown's going to go on strike <laughs> just like Hollywood and no one's going to notice just like Hollywood.
1: <laughs> uh. hey,
0: right now, Chris, if you were here, I'd let you pinch me just to show the folks at home we real. are real, but we'll have okay. to pinch ourselves. Let's do it during the break, and we're back after that with our first preseason notable of three: freshmen, a sleeper, and a breakout star. We're starting with the impact freshman next: a locked-on Texas Tech. You're making Locked On Texas Tech a part of your day, whenever, wherever, however you're making it happen. We love you for it. Special shout out to those everydayers and the first listeners, which some of you, I know, wait till you like get off work at 5 o'clock to take it in. You listen to nothing all day, and we appreciate that dedication, though your employer may have an issue with it. Chris, let's wrap it up. Back with the Red Raiders here locally, as we're edging closer to... A game week, just a few days away, so I wanted to take the final few days of this week to get into preseason notables as we see them. You broke this down for me in three different categories, Chris. We're going to talk impact freshman we like. We're going to talk about a sleeper we like that maybe's flying under the radar, but we have seen before in a Tech jersey. And we want to talk about a potential breakout star, someone that was in the realm of Uh, A full-time starter or rotational starter a season ago, but really could take that next step and maybe flirt with something, say, all-conference. So let's begin today with the impact freshmen. And here they are, boys. For myself, I am going with Michael Dingle, and Chris is going with the leader of the legal firm, Chapman Lewis of Lewis, Sanford, and Jordan. Uh, Chris, I'm interested to to see what freshmen might bubble up, and I guess in general, in some ways, I'm hoping that we're not necessarily talking about freshmen having to carry a load. I want to get your thoughts on Lewis uh, here in just a moment, but let me give you somebody else's thoughts on Michael Dingle.
1: Goal has had a ton of reps with the number two group um so that's been really good you're growing up a freshman that's extremely talented really really fast
0: dingle to me chris was you know i'm rolling the dice obviously as both of us are on on either of these guys but i think he's a freak athlete was a top 15 or so athlete depending on the service in the state of south carolina he's got nfl bloodlines and he's a dude that has been here early and like you just heard there from the head coach because of some injury impact to others has gotten a ton of reps so you know whether he will or whether we even want him to, I don't know. But this is one of those special uh, skill sets as far as their athleticism is concerned.
2: Yeah the the only the only guys I was gonna you know potentially suggest for for something like this had to be here early. I think that there's uh, there is one that is, is shown up in the summer that I think has really made turn some head turn some heads, and that's Marcus Ramon Edwards, uh, local product. Yeah. That I think is really done well, uh, similar to, to Dingle and, and kind of the position uh, that he can play, and just kind of measurables and things like that. Just a, a, a freak athlete. I went with Chapman Lewis. Uh, I think that you know Jordan Sanford, Brendan Jordan. It was kind of like, okay, pick your pick one of the triplets. I went with Chapman just because uh, he plays corner, and I think that you know. What what I'm what I guess I'm suggesting is is that I think AJ McCarty won't be eligible. That's going to be my assumption mm. until I'm told differently. So I think there's some need there still at corner, even though you've got Braylon Lux, but you've had Malik Dunlap, you know, missing some time, uh, and, and I think you know you you do have Mo Horn, but you just need more people that can cover in, in this day and age than ever before. And I think Chapman Lewis again, he needs to add some weight. But I, I go back to the spring when they were like, dude, he, he let us in tackles. You know, he just <laughs> – he's a tackling machine. Uh, like, if you get near him, he's going to throw that 185 around as much as he can. And, you know, he, he's just a good tackler. Uh, but, you know, the Burleson Centennial product, I just think he's come in and, and been really good. But so have Brendan Jordan and Jordan Sanford. I just kind of – because one of them plays the star, one of them plays a safety, one of them plays a corner, and so I just kind of went with the one that was playing corner. But I, I think they're all three have been really, really good, uh, and I think it's been very impressive to the staff. But I went with Lewis, and we'll see if we're right, because I think all the names that we've mentioned here could, in fact, and, and what what's telling is, is that you, we mentioned several names here on defense. You're not really going to mention anybody on offense because there's not – really any spot for any freshman just yet to, to, you know, unless it's maybe an Anquan Willis at running back uh, there's really not a whole lot of need for the young, younger guys to kind of emerge because you're so,
0: you know, old and everybody's back on that side of the ball. And Chris, I, I don't think it's that much of a different situation defensively. It's that some of these guys have been unable to be ignored during their time on campus, which features some extra time uh, for these guys we're talking about early enrollees. But I, I don't know. I kind of look across defensively as well. And I think if some of those who are expected to, say, be a frontline starter or maybe a second string guy, you know, do what they should do, I, I don't know how many freshman names we're going to be calling in general. And I guess at the end of the day, that's got to be chalked up to being a good thing, right?
2: Yeah. I I think the difference in the way that uh, I think your, your classes on offense are a little more staggered, whereas defensively you're really old and then it just skips to really young. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, junior, you know, sophomore junior flavor within your defensive structure of your classes. And that's why I think some of these freshmen have been so key because they're going to be in, and and, and I will say this too, you know, Offensively, you're going to rotate a ton of receivers. Uh, I don't know if that rotation is six or ten, you know, but somewhere. And then you're going to rotate some running backs. You don't rotate a quarterback if you, you you don't plan to, and you really don't want to rotate offensive line. However, defensively, there's not a position on that side of the ball that you don't rotate. So more guys typically play on defense. Hence the reason that some of these guys could get some uh, could get some run because. That's true. You're rotating everybody out there. There's nobody that you just say, hey, man, stay. I mean, Tyree Wilson came out plenty last year. That's just the way it goes because you want effort and you want fresh effort. So, uh, anyway, I think that's uh, – I think that, you know, is kind of why. But, man, I'm excited about that next wave of defenders, man, because I think you have struck gold with some of these guys.
0: Feels a hell of a lot different than, say, one of those years where you know uh, our linebackers are going to be freshmen and one was a basketball player. Uh back to the D's Iguavan days. You know, that was a little scary heading into game number one where you knew this is the option. This is not a sleeper. This is not like we hope he figures in. No, these are the guys. Things have changed considerably uh since that time and Shout-out to Sam mcguabin for uh, not being a basketball player anymore. He became a professional football player. <laughs> it, still, it still is. It still is. That's right. All right, Chris, uh, appreciate the time and insights as always. And, yeah, let us know in the YouTube comments who's standing out to you as far as a possible impact freshman. Tomorrow we'll get to the sleeper. Friday we'll wrap it up with a breakout star. So let us know throughout the week uh, how you're seeing it, agreeing or not disagreeing. Chris, we'll do it again tomorrow, man. Looking forward to it. We'll see you then.
2: Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. Uh, getting closer. We leave right. for yeah, we leave for Fort Collins, Colorado, a week from tomorrow.
0: That's right. Giddy up. Also tomorrow, I know we're going to have things from a conversation with Brett Yormark in the LBK today. Red Raider kickoff luncheon happening. Yormark in the 806 and so I'm sure some things to discuss coming up on tomorrow's episode. After that has come to its conclusion. Uh, Enjoy it if you're taking it in and we'll digest some of it with you coming up tomorrow. We'll see you for the next round then on Locked On Texas Tech. Wilson,
2: you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar.